G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, there has been a major controversy with the global push towards the creation of a state of Palestine in the land of Israel and the pressure continues to be ramped up. Well, it comes, of course, in the wake of the decision of the US President Donald Trump to move the US Embassy to Jerusalem affirming that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Of course, there's been suggestion that Australia too should follow suit and move our embassy to Jerusalem, but there appears to be some resistance to that idea. Stan Goodenough is known as the Jerusalem Watchman. He's lived in Israel for the past 27 years, and he's on to his fifth tour of Australia speaking with leaders of Jewish, Christian and political groups. Let's check in with an update on how things are progressing with relationships and developments with regard to Israel and Australia. A special welcome to you, Stan Goodenough. Thank you, Neil. Good to be with you again. Thank you. Uh, Stan, this is the fifth tour you've done of Australia now. Uh, Is there any particular special motivation for this tour? Uh, it follows, Neil, um, pretty much in line with the first, second, third, and fourth visits that I had, which began in 2014, which had two major um, focal points, both relating to the relationship between Israel and Australia. Um, one, of, one of those points was in the run-up to the 100th anniversary of the Beersheba battle and the charge of the 800 light horsemen there. Um, and as we headed towards that anniversary, I came down here to uh, speak to Christian groups and to some of your leaders, political leaders, about, first of all, uh, continuing to stand in its relationship towards Israel positively, specifically not succumbing to the growing pressure on Australia to recognize unilaterally a state of Palestine in the land of Israel. And secondly, and this is more the thrust of this visit, to encourage um, ongoing momentum towards an Australian embassy move to Jerusalem and Australia recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital, something that has already uh, gotten underway here and already has gathered a considerable amount of momentum. Stan, let's start with the primary point you're making here with this global push for a Palestinian state. Where's that pressure coming from? Is that the United Nations? Uh, Neil, sadly, sadly, um, the vast majority of the member states of the United Nations, led by the United States of America up until the end of the previous administration, uh, has been standing shoulder to shoulder um, in support of the idea and pressuring and bring pressure on Israel to succumb to that pressure, to succumb, to go with the idea of withdrawing the Jewish people from the heartland of Israel, which the media typically will call the occupied West Bank, but which for 2,000 years and more has been referred to as Judea and Samaria, and, re- and to let go and to get out of that area 
and to allow the Palestinian Arabs to create a state there. Uh, it's an international effort. It's been going... I've lived in Jerusalem more than a quarter of a century now, and since 1991, this has been the world, the direction of the world's push against Israel, with only one or two countries standing, um, not, not necessarily against the idea completely, but at least trying to be more, more even-handed, if you like, or, or, or historically accurate in their approach towards the situation. And Australia has been one of those countries. So under the Obama-era U.S. politics, uh, there was a real ramping up. When we talk about the ramping up happened in that era, now that there is uh, Donald Trump in the White House, uh, who's moved the U.S. embassy from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, that's really put a, a bit of a spanner in the works of that momentum that had gained there. And I imagine that everyone in, in Israel is seeing that as a good thing. Yes, the vast majority of Israelis were thrilled when uh, President Trump became the first American president. Uh, many, many, many of his predecessors made a promise of an embassy move while they were running uh, for the for the presidency, but he's the only one who followed through. Israelis uh, responded overwhelmingly positively to that, and uh, yes, that did throw a spanner in the works. But what's happened now? The two things that the United States did that have benefited Israel. One was to put the embassy in Jerusalem, and the other was to withdraw from the deal with Iran, which we haven't touched on yet, but we might get to, uh, which has basically aligned the United States under Donald Trump um, with Israel strongly on those two issues, the, the, the validity of the Jewish claim of sovereignty over Jerusalem and the, uh, the very real threat, opposition to the very real threat of the verbalized Iranian uh, expression of in, in, its intention to develop nuclear weapons to annihilate Israel. So both of those have created a kind of a, a breathing space after the eight years of the Obama administration and, and some of his predecessors too, who, who were really keeping the screws turned on Israel to go along with this fantastic but, but very negative idea and in many ways bankrupt, morally bankrupt idea of giving away half of the um, ancient homeland of the Jews to uh, people that, that threatened to use it to annihilate the rest of Israel. So yes, uh, there was a spanner in the works, as you put it. However, the realignment now of the, all the European nations are basically standing against the United States on this, both on the question of Jerusalem and Iran. And Paraguay, uh, at the time of, of our discussion here, Paraguay, this is a headline this morning in the newspaper, Paraguay followed uh, the United States to put its embassy in Jerusalem and, and, it, and today announced that it was going back to Tel Aviv and the Palestinians cheered and said, good, we will now open up an embassy in Paraguay um, for a state which still doesn't exist, by the way. But as I, say, as, I, as I often say, the state of Palestine already exists in everybody's minds, even though it doesn't exist in reality as a geographical and recognized national entity. Um, but the pressure is again on and continues to increase. Now, not so much from America, but certainly from the United Nations and the European Union uh, towards this Palestinian state. Stan, I need to get to where you see Australia in the mix here, because mm. under our former foreign minister, Julie Bishop, as I understand it, there was resistance to any idea of Australia following suit and moving our embassy to Jerusalem. But we have a 
a new Prime Minister and a new Deputy Leader of the Liberal Party. Perhaps they're a little bit different uh, given their religious alignments. Uh, What are your thoughts on where Australia stands uh, with regard to that idea? Okay, well, very sensitive and very aware of the fact that I'm not an Australian, speaking into your domestic political situation. I was in Parliament House the the entire day of this spill that that saw uh, Malcolm Turnbull leave the the premiership. And uh, and Scott Morrison stepped up into that position, a man who was not ashamed to use the name of Jesus Christ in um, in his maiden speech. And at his right hand, as you say, a deputy... Uh, party leader, Josh Frydenberg, whose mother is a Hungarian Holocaust survivor, suddenly, after Malcolm Turnbull and Julie Bishop as his foreign minister were resistant to the idea of moving the embassy, there are two men in the lead position at the moment who we don't, I don't, I don't think they have yet been uh, um, uh, approached on, directly on the question of the embassy move, but around them. Uh, including with a number of the senators I met with both in Parliament House last week uh, on the day of the spill and down in Hobart as well. Um, and there are quite, there's a growing number of both MPs and, um, and Liberal senators who are already on this page and are very much wanting to see Australia make this move. And as they're heading to this election campaign that is now ahead of you Australians, uh, these these uh, conservative politicians are, um, are, are are contemplating, including from what they've told me, including the whole question of an embassy move to Jerusalem, even in their election campaigning. So it could become a part of a conservative platform going into the next election that uh, there be a move of the Australian embassy from the current place where it is in Tel Aviv to Jerusalem following in the footsteps of the US. And what sort of statement do you think that would make, Stan? Because with a push for a Palestinian state... Uh, Is it the idea that nations might get behind this idea of moving their embassies? Does that make the international statement that is strong enough to resist the pressure that's coming for a Palestinian state? Uh, Neil, to answer your question, I'm going to slightly change gears and respond as a Christian who reads the Bible and sees what what God in the Bible says about uh, Israel, the restored Jewish state or nation, and Jerusalem, the city. In my understanding, um, it is it has been uh, for for many centuries. It's been written by by the prophets in the Bible that God will return the Jewish people to the land of Israel and to the city of Jerusalem in readiness for the coming of the Messiah. That's a an, uh, that's an ancient biblical promise and is continued throughout the prophets. Um, if the return of the Jews to Israel, this unprecedented rebirth of a nation that after two thousand years of wandering has come back and they return to their city in the miraculous Six-Day War, is God's, um, is God's plan coming to fulfillment? Then when the United States put its embassy in Jerusalem and recognized Jer- Jerusalem as the capital of the Jewish state, I believe it came into line with God's purposes, which he's fulfilling. And so I see, too, that Australia has the potential to take the step to fall in line with God's blessing that will come from standing with Israel and, 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 and its claim, its, its rightful, historical, archaeologically proven claim to the city of Jerusalem. So um, whether other countries will follow suit, the, in, the, the trend in the world is no, is against that. 
In fact, there's a mass consolidation of nations uh, now around Europe more than anything else who are resisting this very, very strongly. I'm not sure that enough nations will come on board. I sincerely hope so. But I think it would be wonderful, and I know that Israelis are really hoping that your prime minister, that your government will follow the American example and put your embassy there. Well, Stan, good enough. Always good getting your insights. And as someone who, as you say, is a South African, but you've lived in Israel for the past 27 years, uh, it's your fifth visit to Australia. You're not afraid to front leaders, whether they be Jewish leaders, Christian leaders, or our political leaders. And so certainly appreciate your insights today in what you can see is happening within our own environment here in Australia with regard to our relationship with Israel. Stan, good enough. Uh, let me point people to JerusalemWatchman.org. Uh, Stan, thank you so much for joining us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and God bless you. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.